welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Cool. So we're going to talk about judgment, okay? Which um, people always... Oh, is this on? Yeah, it is on. Um, we're going to talk about judgment. And uh, people always get fixated on judgment. We love a good judgment uh, uh, passage and especially talking about the end of the world and all sorts of different stuff but that's not what I'm going to talk about surprise surprise um, I'm going to talk about judgment um, in the context in which Jesus primarily talks about judgment and he doesn't talk about judgment primarily in the sense that one day far off you know we'll all get judged one day whether we're good or bad and go to heaven or hell or anything like that uh, we've talked about how we've talked about some other stuff like you know you can refer back to that for my thoughts on those um, he talks about judgment in a totally different um, sense and and this thing changed everything for me like when I started to grasp this topic it actually turned my life completely upside down um, because this has the ability to set you free from almost every type of suffering in your life I mean, it's just, honestly, I'm not, even, I'm not even hyping this, okay? This is one of the most powerful um, truths, if you grasp it, to change your life. Um, and, it, and it can um, especially, primarily, will change how you relate to people, how you have um, relationships with different people in different areas of your life. It will totally turn them upside down when we start to grasp this concept of judgment. And so I want to just quickly say a couple of things, right? So... In, in John 5, um, Jesus says that the Father judges no one. He has given all judgment to me. Okay? So, Jesus explicitly says, God the Father is not judging people. I'm the judge. Right? It's, it's a pretty profound statement. And that would have been a pretty profound statement as well. Because, can you imagine in that context, in that day, it was John 5, 22, I believe it is. Um, he, 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 he's... He's talking to this, this group of Israelites and he says, look, the person you call God, the person I call Papa, Father, he says, he's not going to judge anyone. He's given me all judgment, right? So can you imagine the audacity, right? Because at this point, they're not like worshiping Jesus as the Savior, Son of God, Lord of all. They're just seeing some random Jewish guy. And he says, oh, by the way, God's not going to judge anyone and he's picked me to judge everyone. It's like, that's a pretty profound statement, right? You can see why they got pissed off with him at times, right? But later on in John, um, John 12, uh, 47, he says, let, let me read it exactly. He says, if anyone hears my words and does not keep them, right? So that's, what is that? It's someone who hears what Jesus has asked and doesn't keep them. Ready for this? I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save it. So you have these two passages that John's kind of developing as, as he's going through um, the, the right of this fourth gospel. As he's, he's, he's progressing through this idea, this, this concept. He's, he's setting up Jesus as judge of the world, but then in a profound way, he shifts and goes, ah, actually, he's not really the judge of the world, though, because as judge of the world, he chooses to judge no one, but instead to save. Um, and so it's just like, it's pretty... Um, profound paradigm and so um, Jesus tells us that neither God judges and neither does he judge and so the question then kind of lies well who's doing judgment who who's judging who do we get to do judgment and you can see in uh, Matthew 7 I'll, I'll read a couple passages but these are these are profound passages that we love to give um, 
you'll hear these passages in other contexts all the time. The most common way you'll hear this passage is when you, uh, if you go to a church that likes to um, adhere to tithing and to giving, uh, they, they quote these passages all the time, right? Um, but Matthew 7 and, uh, and Luke 6, I'll, I'll read the Luke 6 passage. It says, judge not and you will not be judged. Okay, so starts and it gives you this kind of context. Okay, we're talking about judging not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you won't be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be put in your lap for the measure you use. It will be measured back to you. How many times have you heard that read without the judge part, condemn part, and all that, and you've just heard it start? Give and it will be given to you. Press down, shaken together, the measure you give, it will be given back to you, right? We hear that all the time, but we, we grab it out of context, don't we? Because it's not about giving money. It's about judging others. It's about condemning others. It's about forgiving others. It's about how we relate to another person. And Jesus is saying, the measure that you judge others is the measure to which you end up judged. It ends up actually pressed down, shaken together. It comes back even more, right, upon yourself. And this is the thing. When we judge others, we bring judgment upon ourselves, Not from God. We judge ourselves when we judge others. We, we create a judgment for ourselves to live under. And this is the thing I want to talk to you today about is, what happens when we judge and how do we judge and what should we do apart from this, this judging? See, judging happens when you ask why. Judging happens when you start to ask a question that you don't know the answer to and you have to fill in the gap. And so judging happens when um, someone says something mean to you and you know they said something mean to you, right? So they go, oh, you know, I, I don't know, they say something mean, whatever it is, you look fat, or I don't think you're very funny, or whatever it is, right? Or they just ignore you, maybe, or something, right? So that happens, it happened, right? Someone ignored me, that happened. I know that, it's a fact, they ignored me. Why? Now I've created a whole new playground, because everything I say next is judgment. I am presuming to know what's going on in their head, as to why they walked past me and ignored me. And you know what? I live under the judgment I now create. Because if I say, I bet it's because they don't like me anymore. I bet it's because I did that thing last week and they're still mad about it. I bet it's because now I'm living under that, right? Because I walk away thinking they're mad at me, right? Because let's be honest, what, does, what happens, right? When, when someone does something to you, you don't live under that. You don't live under what they did, you live under the why. You live under your judgment you create based on that scenario. And so there's this whole world of separation between a why uh, and, and just observing what happens. This is judgment and this is observation. I can observe something happened, but I don't know. I can't judge why it happened. Without asking, I will not know why that person did what they did. I can be the best at guessing, right? So most people will go, but yeah, but I'm really discerning, right? I'm very, very discerning. and it's like. Well, yeah, but this is like a doctor say, say imagine you went in to talk to a doctor, right? And it's a five minute GP appointment, right? So classic uh, British doctors for, for those of you that are, don't know, are familiar with the ARB doctors, you get about five minutes when you get into the doctor, right? And it's like, I've got a really bad headache. Oh, I know what that is. Lie down and I'll crack your brain open and I'll quickly deal with it. You, do you think he knows what it is? You just went into the room and says, I've got a really bad headache. Is he really? 
got enough information to perform brain surgery right now, right? Maybe I just need a like aspirin or something, right? I mean like, might not be, maybe I'm dehydrated. I'm not sure I want to jump to brain surgery yet. But when we judge, even though we think we're well qualified to, it's like performing brain surgery with no information. I mean, it really is. We're, we're, we're diving into the deep end when we don't have the information at hand. And we might be really good at what we do. We might be really good at judging. But the problem is a good judgment is still bad. And that's something we'll come back to. But a good judgment is still bad. We can't know the root cause of what people are doing. We can only know the fruit that we see. Okay? And so if, if you come away with one thing and one thing alone from what I say today, it's observe people's fruit. Don't judge the root. It rhymes, it's gotta be true. <laughs> okay, you, you wanna observe the fruit in people's life, that's okay, right? If you see someone and they've just murdered someone, it's safe to go, hey, that guy's a murderer, right? You watch them murder someone. It's okay to observe what's happened and go, hey, this guy just killed someone. That's not being judgmental, right? I mean, that's just saying what is. It's now judgmental when we go, oh, it's because of this or this. I bet it's because of this. I bet they were thinking about this. Or I bet you it's because this happened in their past. We, we don't know why that guy just killed someone, right? And the best way to do it is to ask them, to talk to them, to gather actual evidence from the first hand. Um, and so it's, it's okay to evaluate fruit. It's okay to see what's going on. Um, but we, we don't know the root. And sometimes we, even fruit, it can be pretty... Um, diverse, right? People can do things that look quite different at different times, yeah? And so they can say something and something happens, um, but the next week you talk to them, they're saying something completely different. So it's quite hard to even judge based on the fruit of something, right? You can go, oh, that person's really mean, but other times they're really nice. So we can't just, you know, observe that person's a mean person because we're also observing sometimes they're a nice person. So even observing isn't as easy or straightforward as we'd like it to be. And so we should be careful to do that, but we should never step beyond the bounds into judging others. And so like, you know, we create this whole world for ourselves. You know, I'll give you an example. Um, years ago, I was in church and I, I was like typical, kind of passionate. Um, I think it was like my late teens at this point, maybe early 20s. And, and I was just passionate. I loved Jesus. I really wanted to be like a passionate Christian. I wanted everyone around me to think I was a passionate Christian as well. You know, I want everyone to think, wow, that Phil, he's awesome, right? I mean, just was all about Christianity, the, 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 the whole system, right? I want the pastors to think I was the greatest thing ever because maybe one day like he would like put me in a leadership role or think I was good enough. And he even, the pastor had like this group of like 12 people that he was like discipling intentionally, right? So he'd be preaching, but he actually gathered like 12 like young adults and was like, oh, I'm gonna teach you once a week and give you books to read. And I mean, it was little like, you know, inner circle and I wanted to be in there, you know, I really wanted him to like respect me enough to be like, oh, well, you come in. I, I don't know how I was gonna do that, right? Maybe one of them was gonna have to like be killed or something or I'm not sure what my plan was right but I wanted to get in the inner circle and so I was, I was really into this whole like I want the pastor to like me I want everyone around me to like me and it's all this stuff one day I'm hanging out at the beginning of church just sitting in the in the aisle and um and uh or standing in the aisle and I was talking to some people before church started and the pastor comes walking down the aisle um door opens he comes walking down and uh and I turn I was like oh hi pastor I can't remember the guy's name pastor whatever Bob and, and he just kept walking past he didn't even say hello to me and I just was like, 
crushed, like it hit me hard, right? And I think I had lots of rejection issues, lots of performance, I need to please, need to be accepted, all that stuff, right? I mean, that's what it sounds like when I'm describing myself, right? I mean, it sounds like I have a bunch of issues, right? Um, and uh, still do have a bunch of issues, it's okay, don't worry. Um, but he just walked right past me and I was just, you are kidding me. I was like, who does this guy think he is? I just said hello to him and he like, looks at me and just like walks right past, didn't even say hello. Didn't even say hi. Didn't say, oh, I'm in a hurry. Sorry, I, I'll catch you later. He just looked at me and walked right past me. Like, I was like, who does this guy think he is? This arrogant, like, you know, he just thinks he's that because he's this big pastor and I'm just some random guy. Like, I, and I'm just, I'm like my whole inner world. I am like, who does this, he's arrogant. He's ignorant. He's, he's like a stuck up. He's above everyone else. Like, and I'm just built in this, my mind is, reeling right and so the, the service starts and I'm sitting down and the worship goes on and the pastor gets up and welcomes people and I'm just thinking whoa this guy is like oh we welcome you you didn't even welcome me like I'm like I've been here for like years and you didn't even say hello to me like how do you say oh we welcome our new time visitor like and I'm just like everything in me I'm just like getting mad right and um, we did some more worship or whatever we did and then the sermon and, and all the way through the sermon I'm just like you know I'm just getting angry at this guy I'm like what does he think like you know who, who does this guy think he is I was really mad I, you've never done this before right you've never had someone do something and you get like worked up and it gets to you right um, and it's just me that's like does that um, and so end of the service comes and I, I, I think I've probably like taught myself down a little bit by this point like my inner dialogue for the last two hours has got me like worked up enough that I'm like now like okay, fine, well, screw that guy, he's dead to me, kind of thing, you know, I'm like, but I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna let it ruin my day, I'll talk to my friends, you know? Um, and so I'm talking to people or whatever, we're having the teas and coffees after the service, and um, isn't it funny, every church service is basically the same. Like, you can go to any church in the world, and it's like, right, welcome, service, you know, you know a couple of songs of worship, there'll be some announcements, there'll be like whatever, there'll be a sermon, and there'll be a tea and coffee, right? Anyway, I just, I think it's funny, right? Because I can describe my church, and basically everyone's like, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah, whatever church you're a part of. Um, we even do it in like home groups as well. Like, even like people are like, we're not gonna be a part of a church, we're gonna do a home church. And it's like, they still do like, you know, like, hey everyone, welcome. Like, oh, oh there's a couple of things I wanted to mention. Oh, let's sing some worship and oh, let's have a little message from Bob or, you know, right? We still like to, I don't know why I'm saying that, just a random thought. Um, but anyways, at the end, we're having our teas and coffees and I'm trying to talk to my friends and I hear, uh, hear I felt a tap on my shoulder and I turn around and it's the pastor. And he's like, oh, hey, Phil. He's like, how you doing? And I'm like, oh, hey. And I'm so thrown because I'm like, this guy, right? I mean, I'm like, <laughs> oh, my arch nemesis, right? I've gone from like my idol to my arch nemesis in the space of two hours because he's walked past me, right? Um, and he's like, I just, he's like, I wanted to say, like, it was like halfway through worship today. And I was like, and I was just worshiping God. And I just suddenly realized, Phil said hi to me when I came in the church. And I was like, I was in such a zone that I just walked past me. He's like, He's like, I don't want you to think I'm rude or anything. Like, he's like, I just want to come up and say, I'm really sorry. He's like, I was up all night last night because someone in the church, um, their, their mother's dying in hospital. And I was in the hospital all night with them and then she eventually passed. And I was with them till like about five in the morning. I went home, I had one hour of sleep and I had to get up and prepare my sermon. And he says, I think I was just like a zombie when I came in. I'm really, really sorry. Crap, right? Crap. Because what, what's, what's happening? He's not the villain. He's not a bad guy. He's not arrogant. He's not up himself. In fact, he's being very humble and apologetic. And he's apologizing for something he doesn't even need to apologize for. Like, right? We've all felt like zombies before. And I'm sure we've hurt people in much worse ways when we've been sleep deprived or had a rough time, right? I mean, I'm just like, dang. But what's happening? I created a world and I had to suffer 
my own judgment. I judged him and I suffered for it. Whereas actually, if I just lived with the observation and gone, oh, he walked past me. Hmm, that kind of hurts. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt or anything, but I'm going to go, but I don't know why. So I'm not going to make a big deal of it. And maybe I'll talk to him later and say, hey, I felt a bit hurt when you walked past me. What was going on? And he probably would have said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't even realize, right? There was a way I could have avoided two hours plus of pain, of upset, of rejection, of, you know, like all sorts of stuff if I just hadn't asked a question, why? Why did he walk past me? Why did he walk past and not say hello? Like, isn't it stupid, such a small question, but it caused me such pain, such suffering, and I just didn't need to experience it. I might, I might have felt a bit of pain, like pain of like, ooh, that hurt, like he ignored me. But that would have been it, right? I mean, the pain wouldn't have developed, you know, like I've got a friend, um, Ray Edwards, I, I don't know if, if he stole it from someone else because it's a good one, so I, I'm assuming he did, so I don't know, but he, he's, really, he's good at great quotes as well. Um, but he says, pain is inevitable. We all feel pain, right? Pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And I just think, that's so true, isn't it? Pain was inevitable in that situation. I was going to feel pain. I was going to, because I've got my own issues, right? So I've got my acceptance issues and my rejection issues and stuff like that. So of course I'm going to get upset. Of course I'm going to feel a bit of pain. But I didn't have to suffer. That could have been it. It could have ended there. And actually I could have then talked to him and it would have been completely fine. But instead, by asking why, I stepped into a world of suffering. Because what I did was I got my pain and I got all my issues. I gathered them together and I threw them on top of my pain. And poof. Amazing how it works, eh? It's literally like getting gas and chucking it on fire to see if it will put it out. Right? I mean, that's what we're doing. Because what we're doing is we're trying to address our pain, right? So our pain happens and we go, oh, I'm hurt, I'm rejected. And so what we want to do is we want to then defend ourselves. We want to make it okay. We want to figure it out. So we start grabbing cups of gasoline, throwing it on the fire, going, maybe it's this. Oh, God, I hope it's not that. Well, maybe it's this. And it's like, all we're trying to do is we're using everything in our defense that we have, but all the tools we have are our hurt and our pain. So we're not actually adding anything particularly healthy or helpful to this thing to solve it. So it's really important that we don't do that. I'll, I'll give you a couple other examples. Um, I was leading this um, small group once and uh, it, was, it was really great. I, I really enjoyed doing it. And, um, and one night I, I had this really profound experience with God and it was through this, this soaking material that I was soaking to. I was like, man, it's just really changed my life. It was this guy just speaking and these incredible things over, um, over you as you soak. And I was like, man, this has changed my life. And so I said to the small group, I was like, hey, everyone, come tonight. Like, we're going to do this really profound thing. It really changed my life. And, and, uh, and everyone was like, yeah, okay, cool, we'll come. And a lot of people were like, well, I can't make it tonight or whatever. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. Like, you know, it's a small group. Some people can't make it. Some people can. Um, and uh, it came to the time I, I, I got there and, and maybe about two people were there. And then I think someone came like half an hour late, halfway through, like, you know, I was like, oh, let's all just start anyway. There's only two of us. And someone came like halfway through and one of them left like the other bit into it, you know, three quarters through, they're like, oh, I've got to go. And then as soon as it ended, I was like, oh, I was hoping we could discuss like what meant to you, what, what talked to you, you know, what was going on. As soon as it ended, the two people that were left were like, oh, I have to go. And they just left. And I was like, oh, rejection, all my rejection issues right here, right? I mean, it hurt because I was I had this really special thing that I really thought was meaningful and would be a great um, time for everyone. And 
no one seemed to think likewise, right? No one seemed to care about it. No one seemed to enjoy it. No one cares enough to come. All this stuff's going on, right? And so, but what do we do, right? In that moment when I've got all that pain and all that, oh, what's going on? We go, why? So I start like asking why about like the people. I'm like, well, why did they come late? Like, do they not really care? Do they not like value me? Do they not whatever? And why did that person leave like halfway through? Like, do they not like, were they not enjoying it? Like, am I not, is, uh, do they not think I'm good enough to like put on something, whatever? I'm, I'm asking all these questions. Why, 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 why? The person that left right at the end had to go. Was it just because it was just two of us and they don't really like me or like, or, you know? And I'm asking all these questions. Um, and, and I really was upset. Like I went to bed, I was really upset. I woke up in the morning and I was like journaling and I'm like, my journal was like, you know, just, man, I'm, I'm upset. These people are asses, I hate them. Like why they've been so mean or whatever. You know, I, was just, I was really upset. And it's a silly thing to get upset about, right? I mean, maybe that's not a big thing to you and you're thinking, this is a stupid example. And I'm like, it was a big thing to me at the time, right? And this is a while ago, whatever. But it became a big issue. And then later that day, I, I decided, you know, I'm gonna text one of the people that had to leave early. I sent him a text and I was like, hey, how's things going? You okay? I noticed you had to leave early while we were doing the soaking. Um, uh, I hope you enjoyed it or, you know, I hope everything's okay or whatever. And they sent me a text back and they're like, yeah, I'm really sorry. My sister is not from around here. She's like, you know, lives far away and she's just been taken into the hospital. And I, I came anyway, but I was feeling really upset and I just felt I really had to go because I wanted to try and Skype her and see if I could get or phone her in the hospital, like if I could connect to her. Um, just to see if she was okay, because I was just so upset myself, I just needed to get a bit of peace. And I'm like, well, that's a really reasonable reason to come late and to leave early. Like, that's definitely nothing about me at all, right? And this is the thing. Um, it's really interesting, but this might sound offensive, okay? Um, you, might, you might get upset about this, but it's only gonna prove my point. Everyone out there, they don't care about you. <laughs> now, let me taper that with, of course there are people in our life that care about us, there's people that love us, there's people that does, you know, want us to have the best, there's people that want to show affection and care for us. Okay, take that to the side. 99.9% of the people out there, they're not thinking about you. And though even those people that care about you, 90% of the time, and I'm being generous, probably 99.9999% of the time, they're not thinking about you either. They're thinking about what? Themselves. And the reason it's upsetting for us to hear that 99.9% .9 of the time the people that we love aren't thinking about us, the reason we're upset about it, because we're not thinking about them. We're thinking about us and we're thinking, how dare they not think about me all the time, right? It's, 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 just, it's, it's a brutal truth in the world and it's not, it's not um, that we're selfish. It's not that like, you know, like this is just the way we're built. We're built with our own world and we see everything out of that, right? And so everything I frame as, how does it affect me? What do I think? What is my world, right? And so you can be in a marriage, but ultimately that person that in front of you that you love, that you care for, that you, you desire, you're thinking about that person, you're seeing that person, and you're experiencing that person through yourself. And so your, yourself is the framework in which you work with, right? There's, um, there's an interesting illness, I can't remember the name of it, it's really, really interesting illness, but it's where you kind of have a psychotic break, like a, a mental break where you, you see yourself as a third party, as, a, as another person. And so you're almost like above yourself watching yourself live life. It's really quite an interesting, like, because we can't really, we can try and pretend to do that, 
know what I mean? Like we can close our eyes and imagine like, what would it be like if I was watching me speak to some people in a room? Like I can kind of do that, but I can't detach myself from me. Um, and so this illness, that's what it is. It breaks yourself from yourself and you, you experience the world as if you're almost watching a character walking around in the world. Um, and I think this is something we have to understand. And, and, and a, a good way to put it is, if there was a movie about life, who would you be? You'd be the main character, right? Because you're the main character. And we forget, like, I'm the most important person on the planet because I'm the most important person on the planet, right? I, I'm built that way, I'm wired that way, I, I've evolved that way. I mean, everything in me is firing to look after me, to protect me. I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I need to survive, I need to be out of the cold, I need to be out of the rain, whatever it is, but like we're built to look after ourselves, And so you might have some people that you really value, right? So your first build, you know, like the credits start rolling at the end of the movie and it's like, the main character played by, I don't know, Tom Cruise was Marek Link, right? Or Phil Drysdale, whatever. And then maybe you have like, you know, his super awesome hot wife played by, you know, like whatever. But like, so you're gonna have, and their kids and their dad and their, you know, like, so you're gonna have these close people to you their best friend, you know, whatever. But quickly, before long, it gets to random person in that coffee shop that one time, right? Because you don't know. But they're having the same experience, right? You're a random person in the coffee shop to them. They just don't think about you. They're not caring about you. They're not wondering what's happening in you. And so I say all this, right? And I'm not trying to like uh, be, um, to disillusion you with, oh, who cares? It's all this, we're all supposed to just be selfish or whatever. I'm not, I'm not promoting selfishness. I think it's a real powerful thing when we, when we care about other people and we invest in other people and we have compassion and mercy for other people. It, bec because we're wired this way, it's, it's a powerful thing to offer um, selfishness and, and, um, and, and sacrifice and servitude and all these different things. It's, it's powerful and we are, we are made to be like that. God has made us to, out of that place of me, I'm now offering the world something. Um, but the reason I say it is when that character in the movie walks past you and doesn't talk to you, they weren't thinking about you. They were thinking in their heads about their world and their thing and blah, 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 blah. And they didn't mean to hurt you. They didn't do anything to you. They were just in their own world. And this goes from tiny things like the pastor walking down the aisle and not acknowledging you, not a big deal. But it also goes to your wife says something really mean, probably nine times out of 10, not about you, about her, about the fact she's had a hard day, about the fact she's tired, about the fact that the kids have been bothering her the whole day, about the fact that her friend isn't talking to her right now. Um, right, I mean, these are the sort of things that because of my world, I'm wrapped up in my thoughts, I'm saying something that's mean, but I wasn't intentionally trying to hurt you. I wasn't lashing out. And there's times where we intentionally try and hurt someone. But even that, it's about me. It's not about you, right? It's still about me. Um, but the problem is, because we're in our own world, how do we see everything? It's about me, right? Because everything's about me, because everything is about you in your head. So it, it, we're, we're stuck in this problem where in my head, everything is about me. So then when I start to put myself in someone else's head by asking that question, why? What's the narrative in their head? It's all about me. It's not all about them. 
it's interesting, isn't it? We, we have this, in some way, we've got this amazing way to empathize, but we twist it and abuse it by actually presuming that they think exactly like I think, by presuming they're doing exactly what I would do in that situation when they're a completely different person. Another example is um, when I, I went through a really painful divorce, like, I don't know how long ago now, four years ago or something, and, um, and it was really, really tough. And I really wanted to invest in my relationship, in my marriage, and uh, I really wanted to make it work. And it's not to say I didn't bring a lot of problems to the table, but I wanted to work on those problems. I wanted to make it work. And my wife was just like, I don't want to work on this. She just had disconnected. She was like, I'm done. I want to walk away. And it was really tough to navigate. But as I navigated it, eventually she just was like, that's it. We're definitely done. So we went to marriage counseling and she was like, I just don't want to engage with this. And I was like, I really want to, but you can't do marriage counseling when there's only one of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really hard. Um, so eventually she just, she left and she was gone. And after she left, it was such a period of pain and suffering, right? I mean, the pain of her going, but the suffering came because I would start to go, why did she leave? Is it because I'm like this? Is it because I did this? Is it because I wasn't good at this? Is it because I didn't do that? Is it because this? Is it because, right? But all my questions are what? They're about me. So all my whys are why did she think something about, what was she thinking about me? What was, you know, it's, it's me entering in her head but making it all about me. And, and I suffered for like a real, like, well, it felt like a long time. Looking back, I, I was really lucky that I kind of came to a point where I'm like, I'm not going to do this anymore. But about a month in, I, I sent her a message and I said, look, I've, I've been torturing myself for no reason. And my relationship with you in this season where we've been apart has been very unhelpful because I'm not listening to you. I'm just operating out of my own pain and suffering. I really want to talk to you. Actually, I don't want to talk to you at all. I'd really love for you to talk to me. I'd really love if we could just have a, a Skype for half an hour and you tell me what happened in your mind. Like, what was the journey you went on and how, did, how have you got to where you are? And, and you know, I just want to hear. I don't want to argue. I don't want to give my opinion. I don't want to tell you why you're wrong or I don't want to tell you how I could fix that one thing. Or I just want to hear what's going on and what happened in your mind. And it's fascinating. She sat down and she told me, like, this is, the pro this is what's going on and this and this. Do you know what? None of it was about me. None of it. Like, of a huge list, it was about, oh, I just need to work on this, and I just felt like we're not compatible because I'm like this and this and this. And it was all about me, 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 me. And I'm over there going, me, 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 me. And actually, it wasn't about me, it was about her. And, and it's not to say like she didn't have issues with things I did or things I, you know, don't hear me wrong, but I created a whole world of judgment to live under. I judged what she thought about me when actually she says, no, you were one of the best people I've ever been around in my life. You love me really well. I really felt loved with you. I still love you in, in amazing ways. Like she said, it's not about you. And I was just like, there was just the, the weight that came off my shoulder. I can't even describe, right? I don't think I've ever, ever, I mean, I've been to the gym, I've lifted weights and it you know, didn't feel that heavy. I mean, like, it was like, wow. Like I suddenly just felt so free because yeah, there was still pain. There was still loneliness or whatever or anything like that. But I had my issues, which were, again, r largely revolved around rejection and all sorts of stuff, need for acceptance and stuff like that. I had all these things and I grabbed my issues, my interior world, my interior narrative, and I added it into her interior narrative. And it wasn't about that. That's not what her narrative was. So I created a judgment and I lived under it. And it wasn't fun living under it, trust me. 
And so I've got a quote here I think I want to read. I can't remember where it is, so it's really, really funny. I, I like it. It's kind of, you have to stop and think about it because it's a bit of a tongue twister kind of idea. But you don't think like I think, but I think you do. Hmm. Right? So you don't think like how I think because you're you. Right? You have your own world, you have your own upbringing, you've got your own issues, you've got your own successes, you've got your own strengths, you've got your own weaknesses. And so the way you think, it's just not like me. Have you ever done that? Have you ever felt you've known someone and they say something and you're like, wait, what? And you suddenly have this moment where you realize, wow, we are not like the same person, right? I mean, you actually are a different person and you have your own way of thinking, your own way of, you know, sometimes you do that and you're just like, oh, wow, people are different, right? And it's because you don't think like I think. The way we think is, totally shaped by our relationships, by our peers, by our family, by our upbringing, by our genetics maybe. Like, you know, there's so many different things involved. That's how I think. But I, I, I naturally think that you will think like I think. Yeah. And so when I walk past someone, it might be because, well, I don't really like them. I'm just gonna ignore them because they were mean to me, right? So that's how I would act because maybe I've got some issue or hurt or whatever. So when someone else does it, well, you think like me, right? So actually when we judge others, typically what we're doing is we're going, what would I have been thinking that caused that action? So if I was to leave someone that I was in a relationship with, what would I have been thinking? Oh, they're not good enough, they're not smart enough, they're not clever enough, they're not interesting enough, they're not beautiful enough or whatever, right? I mean, that's your inner monologue. So then you put that inner monologue in someone else and they go, oh no, it wasn't about that, right? And you're like, Oh, you don't think like I think. Really key that we grasp this. Biggest part of that, I don't think like you think, is because you're thinking about you and I'm thinking about me, first and foremost. Everything that I think about is framed through me. Everything you think about is framed through you. Believe it or not, even though you are the main character in your movie, you're not the main character in anyone else's movie. Even your partners, you're still the number two character, right? Hopefully. <laughs> so they might think about you a lot, but you're still their second most favorite topic to think about. Really, really, really key. Are you, are you guys following me? Are you kind of getting this point? And can, you, can you see how significant this is? Like, this is huge. Are any of you thinking, I've maybe done this in the past at a point? Maybe once or twice? <laughs> Let me just flick through my eyes. I don't want to. I, I don't want to. I'm kind of flying through, but I don't want to skip anything. That uh, there's some really good uh, little quotes I grabbed here and there as well. Um, there's, a, there's a really famous um, uh, quote. I can't remember who said it, and it says, "We judge ourselves by our motives, but we judge others by their actions." And I think there's a bit of truth in that, isn't there? Where we're, um, you know, it's like, well. Uh, if I'd done that, I know my motives, like it would have been right. So like, you know, so I, I'm not, I wouldn't be so harsh on myself, right? But when someone else does the same thing and they screw up, we judge them by their action, right? So I, uh, I say something mean and it's like, well, yeah, but I've had a bad day and you know, I, I probably, you know, it was wrong, but I, I knew like, I didn't have a bad motive. I didn't want to hurt that person. I just had a bad day. Someone else says something mean, immediately it's like, they said something mean. I don't care what the motive was. They said something mean, right? And so that's the, the kind of point of the, the message. But the truth is, that's not true, is it? Because we don't judge them by the action. 
We then go further and then we create a motive for them. That's what we're judging, is we, we judge what the motive we think was. And so it's not about uh, what did they do, it's immediately about why did they do it. So when someone is mean to you, we don't, it's not about just they were mean to me. We go, they were mean to me and it's because of this or because of that or because of, right? As soon as we create the because, as soon as we ask the why, that, that's the issue. And so I think there's a bit of truth to that statement, but actually it's, it's even deeper, isn't it? We create motives for other people. And so you know when people like are saying something and you feel attacked, you're like, well, because that's not my motive. It's because they've created your motive for you. They, they know your motive. They made it up. <laughs> and, and, you feel, and it feels so wrong, doesn't it? Because you're like, well, that's not me. Like, uh, it's not what I was thinking. That's not what I was meaning. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and you can have these conversations with people and you're like, but that's not, that's not what I was thinking. And they're so adamant, right? Or maybe we're the person attacking. I think we do both. We've experienced both, right? But how many times have you had a, a discussion with somebody? You're like, you said this and you, you don't like me. Or are you doing this? And, and actually like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. I, I like you plenty. Like, it's not about that. And you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I made that part up, right? And so like, it's really, really important we get this. See, let, let me add this to it, okay? So this is taking it to a whole other level. And, and people don't like this statement at all, okay? So brace yourself, because you might not like this. Almost every problem you have with other people is your problem. And almost every situational problem you have is your problem. Okay? Now I say almost, there, there might be a few outliers, okay? So I don't want to create a absolutely whatever, every problem. And I, and I think there probably are extreme examples, but I don't want you to use an extreme example to write off the actual bulk of the issue, right? Um, you know, I, I, I do this all the time. Like I talk about like, you know, turning the other cheek and loving people and, and loving your enemy and people go, oh yeah, but well, what if ISIS broke into your house and we're gonna behead your wife? And it's like, well, yeah, okay, maybe in that scenario, turning the other cheek, maybe I might have to rethink some options, but how often are you planning on that happening, right? I mean, like, let's stop and evaluate, is that particularly likely? And so if it's not that likely, let's evaluate it when it comes, but maybe the rest of the time, we should just turn the other cheek and live loving your enemy, like Jesus said, right? And so it's like, don't create an extreme example to write off, like, a majority healthy lifestyle, okay? So, yes, there might be extreme examples to this, but Almost every problem you have with other people is your problem. Does that feel uncomfortable? You're like, I don't like that at all. Because most of my problems growing up were other people, right? Other people were my problem, right? Or the situation was my problem. But the situation isn't my problem. Well, the situation is, it's a thing. I'm the one that's got a problem. The person is, a person. I can't control them, I can't change them, I can't make them what I want. I can really try hard. Um, and that works for some people for a period of time until the other person goes, I'm fed up being controlled, I'm out of here or whatever. But ultimately, I can't make you what I want you to make be. I have the problem because I want you to be something else. You see, you don't have absolute control over other people and you don't have absolute control over your circumstances sometimes. Maybe a lot of the time you can control your circumstance, but oftentimes you can't control your circumstance. The only thing you have absolute control of, and to quote Danny Silk here, not always even, like on a best day, I can control myself, right? I can never control you, 
and on the very, very best day, I can control myself. But even then, that's pretty tough. And so the only person you can control yourself, uh, the only person you can control is yourself. So when that person does something, you have the responsibility in this moment, not them. They're not responsible for fixing their mess that you're making by your judgment, right? Because to their knowledge, they're probably off in a daydream, right? That person walks by you, it's not about attacking you, it's not about making a big statement or whatever, maybe it is sometimes, but most of the time, it's, they're just in their own heads. But me judging it has made it an issue. So it's not their issue, it's my issue, because I put the judgment in and I created the issue. So what am I gonna do? How am I gonna resolve it? I either have to stop judging and undo those thoughts, which is a hard thing. Once you've thought those thoughts, it's hard to unravel that, right? That's, a, that's, that's ingrained, right? You kind of really ingrain those thoughts once you, once you have them. So I can either try and do that, let go of that judgment and just go, right, what did I, what observed? What was happened? What, what happened? What did I see happen? What, what did I hear say? The, those things that are fact, what is that that I can hold on to? And is that worth living under pain for? Or I can go and talk to the person. Might be a good idea, right? If that person's causing you pain, might be a good idea to, to talk to them. Because ultimately, in that situation, you can only change yourself. And really, there's only three options. You can change yourself for the better, you can change yourself for the worse, or you cannot change. In every situation, in every moment of every day, you have three choices, and that is it. You can change yourself for the better, you can change yourself for the worse, or you can stay exactly the same. And I propose one is a really bad idea, one is a fairly bad idea, Another one is an extraordinarily good idea. Like it's not, it's not a hard choice between those three, right? I mean, if I just gave you those three choices in general, you'd know which one you'd pick, right? You wanna change for the better, right? Even if you're doing great, right? I mean, most people that are doing great still don't wanna stay the same. They still wanna change for the better. They wanna grow, they wanna experience more. They wanna be a better, healthier, wholer person. And so in those situations, you've got an option. I'm experiencing pain, I'm experiencing suffering. So we, we experience this stuff based on our judgment, what are we gonna do? We can stay the same, probably not fun, right? But we might slowly kind of just get over it and move on or whatever. Uh, we can change for the worse, right? We can just really fixate on it. We can fester in it. We can ask even more whys. We can come up with even more hypothetical answers to why this person did that or why this is happening. Or we can actually go, I'm gonna change myself for the better. I'm gonna stop judging. And I'm even going to maybe have some dialogue. If you can't avoid judgment, ask the person why. Because then you have something at least tangible, observable. You heard them say. And they might say, yeah, I ignored you when I walked by because I hate you. Because you said this last week and I hate you. Great. That's information I can work with. Right? Now I can talk about it. Now I can deal with it. Now I have something. That's okay. But I guarantee, most of the time, most of our big issue judgments, um, not a big issue, right? And uh, I mean, I talk with hundreds of people all the time. I, I pastor dozens and dozens of people locally and globally. People email me and message me. Do you know what? Nine out of 10 issues I deal with are this. If they just stopped asking why, in their own dialogue mentally, and instead ask why to the person in front of them, the problem would resolve itself straight away. Or at least they would move away from suffering 
into just the pain, just the actual facts. I can feel pain about this factual thing, but I can then deal with it and move on. Because how many times do we do the asking why and creating a situation and then we try and fix it and we're fixing something that doesn't exist, right? We've created this whole world that might not even be true, right? Because if I don't think like you think, but I think you do, now I'm thinking, you think like I think, so how would I want it to be resolved? How would I fix this situation? How would I, right? And so we're now trying to fix things. We're maybe like getting someone like a gift or like, or we're, you know, doing something to try and make rep recompense or we're apologizing for things and they're like, why even apologizing for that? I don't care about that, right? I mean, do you ever do this sort of thing? I do it all the time, right? Um, and it's fascinating because we're wired to think other people think like me. Um, this is why like, love language is such a big deal, isn't it? Because um, you see it again and again and again. I hurt the person I love, so I show my love in the way that I want to be loved. If I was hurt, I'd want you to do the washing up. So when I hurt my loved one, I do the washing up. But they're not acts of service in their love language. They're physical touch. A hug and a kiss would probably fix it up real good. But I think you think like I think. And so unless we've actually had a talk about what are your love languages? How can I show you love when I screw up? How can I um, fix things? Oh, you know, a big hug and some time just telling me how much you care about me, that would make it perfect. And instead I'm like, I'm gifts. So I'm like buying you nice boxes of chocolates or flowers or whatever, right? And it's like, you're, you're in the judgment thing. You're assuming what would this person want? How would they? And, and as you grow and as you develop and, and learn from people, you've got a lot more observable information. So for me to uh, buy Tilly flowers, that's not a judgment. I'm not assuming she would like flowers. I know she likes flowers, right? So it's, uh, again, I'm not saying it's wrong to observe things, things that are factual, things that are accurate. It's not wrong to, if someone in the church is like beating up the kids in the Sunday school and like the kids are coming out with black eyes and going, he punched me in the face and the, and the guy's like nursing a bruised hand, it's okay to observe that that guy's molesting the kids and uh, uh, you know abusing them and he needs to get out and the police needs to be called, right? That's not a judgment. We're not being judgmental. We're observing facts and we're putting it as it is, right? And so don't be afraid of observing facts. If someone is lying all the time, they're a pathological liar. That's an observable fact. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to... Um, stop anyone observing something, okay? So like, don't turn into the, because a lot of people, they take this concept of like, well, we're not supposed to judge to the point of like, oh, well, they're raping people, but who am I to judge? And it's like, well, no, they're raping people. Dude, like call the police, get them in prison, you know, get them in a place where we can help them and make sure other people are safe from them until they get healed up and whole. Like, that's not judgment. That's healthy observing and dealing with facts. Right? Like, um, Jesus even talks about this, doesn't he? Is it Matthew 18, I think it is, when he says, if someone's done something to you, you go to them and you say, hey, what's going on? And if that doesn't work, you go to your leaders and say, hey, I tried to have this conversation with him and he's not fixing it, he's not dealing with it, can you help? Like, it's okay to observe factual things, talk about it, have other people get involved, that's okay. But the problem is, if someone does something to you, if you sit in your room, festering, asking why, and creating a whole world, that is not the model Jesus has given you. Because all you're doing is you're creating a whole world of suffering for yourself. And so, as you judge, you will be judged. Pressed down, shaken together, 
overflowing. You create that world for yourself. And we do it in every way, right? We judge, we judge God in our own image. Never mind other people, right? Well, if that person did what I did, I'd want them punished. I'd want them to see the light of day. I want to see them get what they deserve. So we create a God in our own image who wants to see what people get what they deserve, despite over and over and over and over again, Jesus, the Gospels, the Epistles saying, God is not about you getting what you deserve. He's about forgiveness. He's about love. He's about compassion. He's about mercy. Um, and so it's really important that we're careful not to fall into the I think, you think, like I think, even for God. Let me see if I've got anything else and then we'll finish up. We have to learn to, to live in that a place of observing and not judging. And as you start, this might be a really hard process. You might be, but now I've given you maybe language for it and kind of shown you the differences, you're gonna see that you're doing it a lot more than you realize, right? I think you're gonna see day by day, you're gonna be like, oh, 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 I'm judging. We, the young adults here, I, I talked about this at church maybe three years ago, two years ago, I can't remember when it was, maybe three years ago, I think. And afterwards, the young adults, we had this thing where we just go, judgment! Like every time someone would, would assume what the other person was thinking. So usually it would happen just in a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Maybe someone would come to me and they'd be like, oh, I, I, like, I, I have this problem with my roommate and I, and I just, I, I think they're like, the issue is that they think like, and I'm like, judgment, you don't know what they think. Did they tell you what they thought? Did they say, I think this? If so, you can say the statement, I, they think. But otherwise, you can't say what they think. You don't know what they think. Like, the best person at guessing in the world doesn't know what they think. They might get close, but they don't know what the other person thinks. You just can't know what someone else thinks. And so we got really good at just going, judgment, right? And so maybe you, you ask the people around you and go, hey, can you just help me not step out of observing facts into judgment? Can you help me when I do that? Like just point it out, help show it. But you can do it yourself. Like you know you have self-control. So, so the, the key is, you're gonna do it, we all do it, but noticing quickly and going, ah, I'm judging. And it's usually really easy to notice when you're judging because it's usually when you're suffering. Nine times out of 10, when you're sitting there going, oh, I feel so bad, I feel terrible, I'm worried, I'm upset, I'm like feeling pain, I'm feeling like other people hate me. Any, anything, like we're just getting real down about something, we can probably stop and trace back and go, what happened? Go back to the observing and trace it to the point where you added your whys and your becauses and all that and clear all that out and go, right, what are the facts? What do I actually have? And if it still causes you pain, go talk to the person, go deal with it, go get the information you need. See, I have no problem with you asking why, as long as you're asking the person why. You can't ask the person why in your head. I mean, how many conversations do you have in your head with someone else, hmm. right? I mean, I sit in the shower and I have conversations with people. Like, sometimes I've had a conversation the day before and like we had a discussion and it didn't go my way, right? And you're in the shower the next day and you're like, oh yeah, well, blah, 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 right? You think, yes, that would have been the best argument. That would have been so good, right? And you're like, why couldn't I have that thought like 14 hours ago or, right? But we, we always have these conversations in our heads, whether it's in hindsight or foresight or whatever. But 
If you're having a conversation with someone in your head about why they hurt you, oh, that's a bad idea. Because the person in your head is not the person, ever, ever. I don't care if you've been married to them for 40 years, you still don't know what's going on inside their head. You know better than anyone what's going on inside their head, but you still are guessing. You're still grasping at straws. And so you need to talk to that person. If you feel you need to judge, if you feel you need the why, the because, the what's going on in you, what's your heart, what's in your head, ask. If you're not willing to ask, you're going to suffer your own judgment. Like, as long as you recognize that you are the one that's suffering your judgment, if you're not willing to let go, you're the one that suffers that, right? So this is when he says, like, forgive and you'll be forgiven. If you're not going to forgive that person, and instead you're going to make it a big deal, you're the one that suffers the unforgiveness. Not them. You're the one that suffers it. It's really, really key we get this. And like, a really, a really good key is learning to listen. I think that's something, so I, I brought up my, my uh, last marriage, you know, with Sarah, like, one of the, the issues I, I was saying is like, I was, I, I called her and I said, can I just hear you talk to me? I just want you to explain what's going on in your mind, in your heart. Because she communicated that stuff plenty of times. It's not new information, it wasn't, but it was brand new information for me. Because I wasn't listening before. Because I was still putting myself in her head. I was still saying you were saying that, but what you really mean is this. Or you're saying that, but I know that you think this. Or even, I'm not even listening to what you're saying right now because I'm already thinking about what you're thinking and how can I best answer that or best give you an argument. Or, you know, like, or even I was thinking, like, if you say something, I want to explain why you're wrong and how we can make this marriage work. Like, stop the internal dialogue when people are telling you what's going on inside because that's key information. You cannot get that information anywhere else. The information of I feel or I think that's information you will never get from anyone else. You need to get it from the source. And so stop, listen, allow the person to give you that information, allow the person to feel, allow the person to think. Um, because if you try and provide those answers, or anyone else that knows them tries to provide answers, because how often do we do that, right? We don't want to go to the person and say, why did you do that? So we go back to their friend or their partner or whatever, or we go to our friends and go, what do you think they meant? Because I think she meant this, and I think she was gonna do this, and I think she was meaning this, and I think she was just really being bitchy or gossipy or, you know, all these different, but I think, right? And then we go to our friends and we expect them to say what? Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Or maybe to say something profound, and like, oh no, well they, and maybe they do help us. Maybe they go, hey, you know, that's probably not what they were thinking or whatever, but they don't know what they were thinking. They're not the helpful person to go to. When Jesus says, you know, if you have a problem with your brother, he doesn't say, go to someone else and ask what you think they, they think the person's doing. No, he says, go to the person. It's really key, we go to the person. Um, so it's really, really key, we, 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 we make listening a priority if we're ever in the place of falling into judgment, of needing to resolve issues. You make it your priority to go, what are you thinking and what are you feeling? And taking people at their words is key, right? Because even when they say it, if it's different from how I think, it's different from how I feel, well, I think you think like I think. So when you say, oh, it wasn't about you, it was about this, it's really hard for me to go, yeah, I know they're saying that, but I bet it's all about me, right? Because why? Because everything's all about me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm built to, to think that and to worry that and, and shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. Every time, you've got to shut it down. And the beauty of this is we have each other, right? So you can ask people around you, hey, help me when I'm falling into judgment, right? 
so you, know, you guys live together, like you know, you have the conversations. If if you're like chatting away and like you start to go there, hopefully you know Josh jumps in and goes, "Hey, Marek, no, this is judgment, man. You're, you're, you need to go talk to that person or whatever." Or, you know, like that you guys can have that conversation with one another. Really helpful, really really helpful. And the beauty is as well, even when you don't have each other, you're still not alone. Holy Spirit is so good at guiding us in this, and and, and I think half the battle is being aware because I'm sure Holy Spirit is talking to us about this a lot more than we think. I guarantee when you're in that place of suffering under the world of judgment that you've created, right? You judge someone else, you create this whole world of suffering and you're going, oh, no one likes me and they hate me and it's whatever, right? We're suffering under that judgment. Holy Spirit, I guarantee is going, I don't think they said that, <laughs> right? Like, what did they actually say? What actually happened? You're, you're creating some problems for yourself here. Uh, I don't think that's actually what it is. Right? He's always leading us and guiding us. He's wanting to restore relationships. He's wanting to comfort us. He's wanting to guide us. He's wanting to lead us into all truth. That's his job, right? To lead us into all truth. And so he can lead us out of that place into uh, of, of judgment into ob observation. And so allow him to do that, you know? Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. But really key we get this guys like I can't explain how much this has changed everything for me like every area of life just becomes so so much easier because it's such a burden when we try and to figure out what people are thinking and feeling and, and we even think that we should figure that out I think or feel. It's, it's just that is not where we're at and I think as we pursue relationships as we pursue getting to know people on a, on a more mature deep level and having more meaningful relationships um, one of the best things you can do to, to make sure you have meaningful, powerful, um, incredible relationships is to let go of the need to judge. Let go of the presumption that you think like I think and therefore I can presume what you think. And, and actually you connect on a meaningful level because now I want to know what you think. I want to know how you feel because otherwise I don't know how you think or feel, right? How many problems are caused by me assuming that you feel the same way that I feel about something? or you think the same way I think about something. Just taking that away suddenly sets us free in so many ways to have beautiful, powerful, amazing relationships. And let's be honest, you're not the only one that suffers from your judgment. You're the primary one, but they're suffering as well, right? Because the thing is, if that pastor, let's go back to the original example, that pastor, right? When he walked down the aisle and he didn't talk to me because he's like in a daze and had a terrible day or whatever, right? Imagine he hadn't come up to me and said, oh, hey, Phil, I'm really sorry. I've had a crazy week. Like, you know, last night was crazy. I, I didn't mean to, like, you know, ignore you or reject you or anything. I just didn't think about it. And then I realized, and so I wanted to come and say sorry, right? I mean, if he hadn't had that conversation, how would our relationship have gone? It would have, it would have gone further and further and further down. And I would have suffered more and more and more. And every time I saw him, I would have suffered. And I would have been even more jealous of the people that had good relationship with him, right? So I would, they would affect my relationship with them. So it wouldn't even just affect my relationship with the pastor, it would affect my relationship with them. And they're wondering, why is Phil being so mean to us, right? And the pastor's thinking, man, Phil used to be really friendly and nice to me and now he never talks to me. He's like, saying bad things behind my back or whatever you know it could just devolve and and so you don't only suffer from your judgment you create a world of suffering for other people that is completely unfair and so it's, this totally frees up your relationships in, in totally um new ways um so yeah i'll leave it there we can stop thank you for listening to the our destiny podcast 
For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.